Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sci-Fi Unchained. Really quick, I just wanted to invite everyone to join our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Well, there is a Twitter, but I don't really use it that much. And to be honest, all I use Facebook and Instagram for is funny memes, a compelling conversation or two, and an occasional episode update. But anyway, come on over and join us and enjoy the episode. All right, guys, welcome to a very special episode of Sci-Fi Unchained. I'm here with a lifelong buddy of mine, one of my best buds, Derek Kohlmeyer, Marine, and now uh, Paul Blart turned zookeeper. How's it going, man? <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> yeah, the Paul Blart. Is you trying to make a Kevin James reference? Yes, Kevin <laughs> but James. Failed, but failed halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, this is why we're buds, because you can catch me slipping <laughs> on, <laughs> on, on my half-witted insults. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not hard. No, it's not. I make it so easy. Um, so I've, I've been reviewing WandaVision, and uh, I, I know you've been loving it and, and uh, watching along with, uh, with everybody else. Uh, what are your predictions for this final episode? What do you think is going to happen? Cancel culture. <laughs> you couldn't wait five minutes <laughs> before. All right. <laughs> no, the only re- I'm joking around with that, but uh, I mean, obviously, it's going to lead into white vision, right? So, what I'm mm-hmm. curious to see was is uh, with white vision going on. Uh, in the comics, White Vision was just a Jesus reincarnated, I guess you can say. I don't know what I'm looking for, what to say here. But he basically comes back and his human feelings are just completely gone. He's just a shell. He's just a flat out sideboard. He's, he's back at Jarvis with like just no more feeling. And that's going to put a, a huge impact on wanda and herself and really break her heart so i'm waiting to see that but i'm um very curious to see how that's going to be because if you remember back in the comics he does come back and i guess with the multiverse of madness that's kind of how he does come back he takes over an empty vision uh from another universe and then brings it back so I'm very curious to see how they're going to pull this off because Marvel does a really good job of providing new stuff for the people that read the comics, but something new for people who've never read it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, almost a perfect balance, I would say. So that way you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you know something along the lines of what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> um, I have to confess, I had no idea uh, about white vision from the comics i to me it was a new thing i speculated this would be a perfect way to bring back ultron to it because if if you um look up the wandavision cast james spader's voice is credited as a as ultron and i'm not sure if they had to do that because of a flashback because there was one or two flashbacks but i don't think that ultron was in it so this could be a way to bring back a phenomenally powerful comic book villain because in the comics he was one of the main baddies he was like 
he he went toe to toe with Thanos and and all the Avengers. He he kicked some serious butt. So for us to only get him for one movie and really Age of Ultron, it wasn't an age. It was a it was a holiday weekend of Ultron. <laughs> it, it, it it was a, a night at the Roxy with Ultron. Like it, there there was no age really. So I really hope. Maybe not here, but eventually they'll bring him back somehow. I mean, if we're going to get the, the the empty body of a vision, I mean, it would make sense for the for White Vision to go in there to get his human side back. However, what I'm also looking at with that is it might just be a copyright, not a copyright thing, but a legal protection, I guess, in case there was a clip from age of ultron where his voice slipped through if that makes sense that might just be a way of marvel covering their dotting their eyes across their t's <clears throat> and that's one way to look at it now the other thing i'm looking forward to in this whole thing is uh mephisto because mephisto actually in the comics uh wanda and vision's children are actually a part of mephisto's soul so yep. he and then takes them back in and then once that happens, they Agatha actually blocks the memory of her children out, but she's depressed and she doesn't know why. And then that's what creates the House of M. So that's going to be something very interesting. Now, when it comes to the House of M as well, we don't really know if Pietro is actually Peter from the yeah. X-Men universe. We don't know if that's actually the bridge that actually did everything together or not. So that's just something else that might that has some questions that needs answering. Right. Um <clears throat> I'm curious if they're going to explain uh, exactly how Peter was done. If it was <clears throat> Wanda's subconscious reaching out to the uh, X-Men Marvel Universe and pulling him through, or if it was actually Agatha all along, and, and uh, because of her dealings with beings like Nightmare and Mephisto, if she is able to use her magic to things from other universes because we've seen a good bit of how powerful Agatha really is like she was able to use necro magic and drain all of those witches uh, and survive for hundreds of years so I wouldn't put it past her to be able to do that um, and yeah I really want to see Mephisto too <laughs> because <laughs> Because that'll that'll lead to a reintroduction of uh, Ghost Rider. And, yes, that's my boy. Uh, that that would be such a great new addition to to a new slew of characters. Oh yeah, man, for sure. I mean, Marvel's already got uh, their horror uh, series coming out with starting with Morbius, and I'm mm -hmm. sure that's gonna I'm sure that's gonna open up uh, Blade as well because that'd be an easy plug-in since Marvel's at a point where they just start plugging things in. At the very least, an end credit scene where he just shows up and does a surprise motherfucker kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I think Blade will confuse a whole bunch of people, people that don't know that Blade is part of the Marvel universe. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that'll be a a really fun huh moment. But I I think something that 
uh, might be going on is people are too focused on the Mephisto tie-in because we have a whole bunch of other baddies that we could be getting, right? We could be getting sure. Dorma- we, uh, we could be getting Dormammu coming back because he was a, <clears throat> not even a full movie villain. It, it was, uh, what's his face, from Hannibal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we uh, we could be, you know, getting uh, our realities version of Dormammu, where he actually had a corporeal form, right? Mm-hmm. We could be getting a uh, Kafan, uh, who's a, a arch demon of chaos, uh, and Wanda uses chaos magic, so it, it would be a nice little plug-in. But the the character we all want to see is Squirrel Girl. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. The only one that was able to go toe-to-toe with Thanos and win. <laughs> and Doctor Doom. After after Doctor Doom mollywops Iron Man, she just comes in and uses her squirrel powers. <laughs> you know what, though? This is really what I really want to see. I want to see the Fantastic Four go up against Galact- Galactus, right? And they're over here struggling where some of the Avengers and maybe some mutants have to go in there and help them. Ghost Rider comes out of nowhere, does penance there, and he just goes away. <laughs> and everyone's just like, who's that? <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be super cool. That'd be super uh, it's, cool. It's funny because Ghost Rider, when he does that, it actually permanently affects Galactus. <laughs> he actually, <laughs> like, like, he has PTSD from that moment where he sits there occasionally and just thinks about what he saw and the feels the pain of all the souls that he devoured. <laughs> because it's billions, like trillions, because of all the worlds he's <laughs> consumed. Because I just want to see him do that and then just drive away like he did in the cartoon. And everyone's just like, like we know who he is, but they're all like, what? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> um, so a lot of people were speculating that uh, the 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 engineer that monica was referring to a couple episodes ago was reed richards and that could have been a really cool tie-in to start laying the foundation to get fantastic four i would love to see the fantastic four introduced how they introduced the avengers like as because we got a lot of them as side characters for other main character (laughs) movies right like hawkeye was in the first thor a lot of people knew that uh, Black Widow obviously was in the Iron Man movies. So it wouldn't be too out there to have, you know, all the different characters um, coming through some some varying properties. There was actually a tie-in to Fantastic Four, I want to say. Not directly to them. Man, was it Daredevil or Luke Cage? I want to say it was one of the Netflix things, but obviously they're rebooting all of them to bring them back in the Marvel Universe after Disney Plus came out and the whole ordeal with Netflix. But it was, <clears throat> no, it was Spider-Man. He was delivering a pizza to, to that address, actually. Um, no, no. Anyway, there was a tie-in to the address itself, I want to say. Mm-hmm. But what I'm curious is to see is, do they go to outer space and hits that uh, that wave, that shock wave, or is it going to come from the hex completely exploding? Mm. That's that's one fan theory I saw. You you know what else they could do with this hex? <clears throat> if it does actually explode and all this chaos power goes everywhere, 
notice in the last episode they dug into a lot of Wanda's backstory and she stops that Stark missile from exploding. Mm -hmm. This is before her Hydra experimentation. So she has some latent mutant powers. Right? Yeah. Yep. So, it, and it would, of course, make sense because Stark tech is supposed to be top of the line, you know, the, the best. There is no kind of stuff. Yeah. So it would make total sense that you know, she she used some sort of um, some sort of magic to to keep it from exploding and killing him. So what I'm thinking is a possibility is whenever all of that energy explodes out of the barrier, it washes over our reality and helps jumpstart all of other people's latent mutant genes. Now we have mutants because it's, that's. It's, that's one thing I thought of, but I do have an issue if they do do that. And here's why. One of the greatest parts of Magneto is he was a Holocaust survivor. One of the greatest things about Charles Xavier was how old he is. Wolverine, for example, uh, he was, what, 1800s Canada? Yeah. That's the one thing that would make me go, hang on a second. And then, but mm -hmm. Kevin Feige actually had a lot to do with the early X-Men stuff. So it, it's kind of, he kind of looks at Marvel like it's like like it's his baby, right? Mm -hmm. Like remember that interview with the the director from Sony for uh, Venom? Yeah, Venom's now in the Marvel universe. You just see him like casually look at her, get all wide eyed, like nobody told me this. And then <laughs> a couple of interviews later, he's like, no, that's not that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of those things where he, the face whether you liked the new X Men movies or not. I mean, facts are facts. It was a flop at the box office and it got yeah. destroyed by, by fan critics all across everywhere. Everyone hated it. Dark Phoenix was a disaster. They had the yeah. right cast. Uh, my, my thing was they're probably so focused on trying to bring it into the Marvel Universe, but there's so many key events that the, like, like, for example, um, Old Man Logan, where is all this? The only thing I can see really plugged in is Deadpool because he's cracking jokes the entire time. Like, like who's the guy with the Winter Soldier arm? Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like that. I think his, but there's, but for Deadpool himself not to pop up on the Avengers radar and the fact that they're taking mutants to the icebox, it, it's going to be really weird and really hard to see it. But I do see the X-Men possibly being rebooted and trying to keep, do some small time stuff like, like, back alley warfare so to speak like mafia warfare between magneto and xavier and all that all that jazz the exciting thing <clears throat> if they do uh have an x-men reboot instead of just plucking all of the uh existing younger uh, x-men cast out of the evan peters universe is we get to see all of the tie-ins right like uh, William Stryker being a contractor for Hydra or AIM or S.H.I.E.L.D., right? And that's how he gets his funding to do the Weapon X project. Um, Magneto and uh, establishing his uh, his Brotherhood of Mutants, right? And, yep. and how, how they were kind of fighting everybody. 
I, I really, I was kind of disappointed whenever they went into Wanda's backstory and her parents weren't like foster parents and her real dad's Magneto. But um, the thing about Wanda from the comics was she had at least three origin stories because she kept getting new writers. Exactly. But because, but because her powers were chaos magic and 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 reality warping, she could change her own story. And that's how they explained away her having all those different origin stories. I think they could I think they could totally get away with that. Uh, with, oh for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like completely blocking her mind off that her and Vision were uh, married, had kids, and she just kind of goes off the rails. I, I do want to see that, but I want to see that like a, as a ticking time bomb, like at a later date. <clears throat> and I really want them to have, I really want them to have a few X-Men movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, this is just me being selfish, <laughs> flat out, but one of my favorite stories was X-Men versus the Avengers. Mm. That was one of my over, overall favorite stories, seeing Hulk go to toe, toe to toe with Wolverine, seeing uh, Scarlet Witch and the Phoenix going at it, something crazy. I want to see that go at it and then mm -hmm. figure out like, oh, they're, but I, the only bad part about these movies uh, with the team ups, like Batman versus Superman, King Kong versus Godzilla, you know, all these things, there's always they're always the good guys going at it. And all of a sudden, Oh, there's a mutual threat. Let's take care of this threat. Yeah. I want to see a different kind of plot twist. Like, like we'll do, we'll deal with each other later or, but not even that, just like finding peace on something other than Martha. Save Mar I was just going <laughs> to say that. Save Martha. How do you know that name? <laughs> you know, it's funny at work. Um, this chick and I were talking about that. And, um, and then if, because if, we have to verify the name of the person on the account. And if some, if one of them goes, if one of us says Martha, the other one's just going to look at each other. How do you know that name? <laughs> <laughs> so we're, and I, I can't harp about this enough, but to me, DC live action stuff, total crap. It, they oh. get everything wrong. The animated movies are amazing. Phenomenal, bro. Phenomenal. Justice League Dark. Now, when it comes to the to Justice League and, the, and DC, they have the potential of wiping Marvel off the map. This entire MCU that Kevin Feige put together, they have the potential just to go like Thanos to snap and say, you're no longer valid. We now own everything. Exactly. But the biggest, the biggest DC villain, to be completely honest with you, is uh, Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Like, for example, one of the one of the better movies that came out of DC, I hated. I hated within the first five minutes. And I know people are gonna be screaming at me and saying what what have you, but I, I have my I reasons. I bet it's gonna be Harley Quinn. Or, no, uh, no, I actually hated that movie for a bunch of different reasons. I can explain <laughs> everything wrong with the DC universe and how it could be reorganized and how it could have been. But yeah. I hated Wonder Woman. I hated the first Wonder Woman, and I'll tell you why. It killed it for me within the first five minutes. Some of Wonder Woman's greatest storylines are her going up against the gods and they killed all but one. <laughs> and I'm like, you just <laughs> took most of my favorite stories and said, nope, that's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, what happened to uh, Disney purchasing Lucasfilm 2.0 in one oh, movie. Uh, Dude, oh my God. But 
I, was... I, I love how Wonder the first Wonder Woman. The only reason I liked it, and the only reason I thought it was okay, it was just a Captain America reskin. It was. It's exactly Captain. It's just a different World War. Same thing, you know. I mean, if the I mean, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But that movie was broken. Like one of one of my biggest complaints about DC is this. To be completely honest with you, Man of Steel, phenomenal, great start. We're right there. We're right there. And even when they were advertising uh, Batman versus Superman at Comic Con, uh, Henry Cavill advertised it at right after they advertised Age of Ultron. And he said, and the thing he said at that Comic Con was. I'm, he goes, there is going to be a Man of Steel 2, but it's not going to be called Man of Steel 2. I'd like to read you a line from one of the famous uh, lines. With my hand wrapped around your throat, remember that I am the man who beat you. And then the symbol of Batman versus Superman popped up behind him. Got roaring applause. It drowned out Age of Ultron. And like that was when Marvel goes, oh, shit. <laughs> like they knew they were in trouble. But the problem with Batman versus Superman was if you go back and watch those those three main trailers, you've watched the entire movie. Yeah. There was nothing left to the, to the eye. I like to, I like to call it a nerdgasm. Like what I understand they had to get the toys and the rights and all that. But here's the thing. If you didn't show wonder woman in the trailer, they took that feeling away from us. You know, mm -hmm. like that nerdgasm, like that. Oh my God, it's wonder woman. They took that away from us. And that's something, that's something I hated. Because if you were to have Gal Gadot do her thing, she's in a fancy party, she's stealing intel, she's she's looking, at, she's now she's in a museum, she's looking to steal some other things. Right off the bat, a lot of people would be like, okay, this is probably Catwoman, mm. you know. And then, and then, every, and then all of a sudden, you see, dear, 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 you know, with the shield, that would have been awesome. That would have been fantastic. That would have been something that everybody would have got goosebumps and loved. Mm -hmm. Second thing, secondly. Why did they bond off the name Martha? I mean, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna kick a dead horse here because I think everybody's in agreement with that one and just being terrible. But, and I, I do agree with the fact that Batman has been redone so many times. He doesn't need another reboot. He does not. It's bad. Everyone knows who Batman is. Now, what they could, and then they just rushed it right after that into the into into Suicide Squad and then Justice League. That was terrible. What they should have done was. Play the long game. Have all the characters from Suicide Squad be the starter villains for everyone else coming up in Justice League. And then try to fill the void of Batman versus Superman, trying to see who's going to, with all these superheroes popping up, now there's a reason for Suicide Squad, you know, because we have all these heroes, but what if one of them goes, goes crazy and we can't stop them? And then that, and then that's when we have Suicide Squad. See, now everyone already has an established storyline. They have an established past. Now they're all just, now they're doing really good. And then at the end of that, you can have Justice League where you have the positive side of it. But the way they did it all was like, you're, and you know what I'm trying to say from here. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. See, that was my main beef with Batman v Superman. What was their reason for fighting? You compare that to something like Civil War, where there are a lot of reasons that Captain America and Iron Man are so ideologically opposed to each other. Mm -hmm. And it, it's not just within the team, but it's now on a global stage, right? 
yeah. Batman's like, you save people, but you you don't care about the casualties or whatever. And and Superman's like, you're just a vigilante. You're an alien in a spacesuit. Like there, there's no real hardcore reason for them to really hate each other and and have that conflict. DC to me keeps biting off more than they can chew with what they're trying to do to compete with Marvel. Exactly. When they should stick to their guns, keep cranking out all this awesome animated stuff. Like the the last thing I saw was um, Superman uh, Red Sun, where it's that alternate story where he's Soviet. Yeah, where he's Soviet instead. So... We, we get one movie, one hour, 45 minute movie uh, about an alternate timeline. And I already get so much more information and am invested in this story than I am with any of the live action DC properties because they don't make me care because they don't, they don't set things up properly to where the next big thing that comes along makes sense or at least is interesting, right? Now, yeah, I was gonna say, do you think it's just, the studio is just overly produced so the writers don't have any, don't have any rain? Or do you think they should just, or do you think the writers suck and we should just clean slate it and bring in the animated writers? I think Warner Brothers looks at the MCU, looks at their DC property and, and tells, their company hey we need this give us this and, catch up we did in half the time yeah. and, and and dc is like do you know how monumental a task that is they marvel spent over 20 years building all of this and you want this immediately and warner brothers is probably saying yeah give it to us now <laughs> <laughs> so dc is left kind of fumbling going, ah, well, how, how can we do it to where it'll pull people in immediately? I know. We'll grab Cyborg out for whatever reason. Like he's not with the Teen Titans at this point. Because it's a lot of it, I think it's just, <clears throat> and I know this is going to sound bad, but a lot of it I do believe is, how should I say, social justice uh, representation, I guess I, I guess I could say. But I think a lot of it too is the reason why I didn't like Captain Marvel. They kept trying to overemphasize the fact that she's a woman. You know, yeah. nothing, nothing wrong with that. I just, yeah, she's a woman, but she's also one of the best superheroes ever. Man, focus on what she can, what she's capable of, and give her some really cool lines as well as some good fight scenes. Everyone comes across, and everyone's good to go. It's not so much that. Oh my God, she's a blonde. She's a blonde woman. <laughs> you know that they had to borrow Tom Holland's butt for a suit. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that meme. That's hilarious. <laughs> and that's yeah. exactly why I think Black Widow is going to do great. Exactly. Because from the looks of it, they're not focusing on oh, it's a woman. <laughs> you know, they're focusing on an interesting character with a crazy backstory. And some super awesome Russian superhero family. Mm-hmm. 
just from the trailers alone, it looks awesome. And we're getting Taskmaster. I know, right? Mind blown. Right. There's so much set up that's going to be awesome because of this movie. Captain Marvel. Uh, the the only reason I'm glad we got that movie is uh, for the freaking Flurgan. Yeah. <laughs> that stupid cat. Um, <laughs> it it explains how uh, it it okay it explains the nick fury eye thing and for for the entirety of the mcu before it was kind of hushly explained like oh he got this in in combat or or it this came i think his line in the uh, winter soldier movie is i got this the the last day i ever trusted anybody like it's some (laughs) mysterious like badass cool thing no, it's just a cat. A cat scratched <laughs> an, an alien, alien cat. cat his eye, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. That stuff's hilarious to me. Um, of course, you know, seeing Coulson back in the movies, I everybody loved that. Uh, oh, yeah. We we get a little bit more as to like the journey of the Tesseract uh, because that that was like the first super important Infinity Stone that we got without knowing that it was an infinity stone. We just thought it was a magic cube. <laughs> great power source, great weapons. And it set us up for future stuff, like the scrolls. The scrolls were one of the best parts of that movie. Mm-hmm. And especially because now we see them later on as operatives for Nick Fury. He's out in space with this giant space station wondering where his shoes are. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That's that was, that was the highlights of that. Uh, we also got Monica Rambeau, but mm-hmm. I'm waiting to see what she actually does. Because in the comics, she was just like a she was a oh she was trying to be Captain America a little too hard. I got to be the leader. I got to be the leader. And that was some of the funny lines too when uh, when she opens up her own group in what was it, San Diego or New York? But she led the Avengers for a while, which opens up the door for this a little bit, I guess. But some of the jokes were like. When she goes with her second group, I, I should lead this group. I led the Avengers. And they start cracking jokes. Like, let me guess, you led the Avengers? <laughs> Just stupid <laughs> things like that. But uh, I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with her. Because if they don't do much with her, I'm going to be severely disappointed. I, well, as, as far as Marvel doing things correctly, they're, they're hitting nine out of 10. Oh, for sure. Uh, with the exception of things like who is watching Hulk? <laughs> who's who's watching the the Hulk movie that that they shoehorned in to the MCU with Robert Downey Jr. at the end of the movie? Um, <laughs> Putting a team together. <laughs> all right. Who's watching uh, Thor: The Dark World? Nope, nobody. Uh, and and then Captain Marvel did so poorly. <laughs> um, I think Brie Larson has a lot to do to do with that, though. <laughs> You could be you. You could be right. Wasn't there a whole lot of tension between her and the other cast members? Yeah, dude. If you go back and watch like a lot of interviews, like there was one with Chon, uh, with Cheadle, Don Cheadle. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it, right? Yeah, Don Cheadle and Chris Hemsworth and her, and then like the the guy was asking like a simple question, like who's who's stronger, Captain Marvel or Thor? You know, so you can get this friendly banter going back and forth. And she's like, no, nope, they flat out said it. They said it. 
And then Chris Hemsworth, and then Don Cheadle's just like, okay. And then Chris Hemsworth is like, starts thinking she's messing around. So he starts messing around. Then she starts getting offended. And then so he starts trying to play, do his uh, charisma. <laughs> keeps rolling, keeps rolling fives on that one. And then she's just like, no, 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 no. Just pulling a full on Karen in, in Walmart. And just, she, she just was not. She wants everything. She wants to be the center of attention. I do believe like we see that with behind the scenes with Kathleen Kennedy and the star Wars stuff with Brie Larson and inside of it. Now is she fired or not? Cause it would make sense. No. Uh, Kennedy. No, not Kennedy. Larson. Larson. I yeah. haven't heard as much. Um, Cause what I was hearing from that, like she tries to take, she tries to take control of everything. Like she was talking about with the, with the what with the product with the with the show that she's doing with Disney Plus with Star Wars, she's trying to erase the fact that Anakin Skywalker was the chosen one. Yeah, and they tried to say it, she's trying to make it sound like she was really the chosen one all along, and everyone thought it was Anakin. I'm like, you can't just take forty years of storytelling and go, oh no, garbage. Hold on, I run this now. Hold on, Brie Larson is doing this. She was trying to, yeah. From what I've, from what I've heard from several different sources, was well, she is trying to do that. Now I could be wrong. It could be rumors because you know how everyone hates Brie Larson and Kennedy. It could sure. definitely be that 100. percent But sure, uh, just from what I hear, that she was trying to get in the writer's ear, saying, "Yeah, we're gonna make, we're gonna make my character the real uh, chosen one of the Force." And I'm just like, "Oh, shut up! You can't be doing that." Everyone likes. Everyone likes Mark Hamill better anyway. Like, yeah. Well, it, I, I mean, it fell so flat and so hard whenever they did that with Ray. And it, oh, also, I didn't think about this till the other day. So, Anakin's whole bag was all right, Palpatine, you have to teach me how to cheat death. Palpatine's like, all right, we'll figure it out, Sonny. And then 20 years, they don't figure out how to cheat death. At the end of Rise of Skywalker, Kylo Ren cheats Ray's death. Not only cheats death for Ray, but brings her back. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking Anakin's ghost has to be off in the Force, going, "Huh? So that's how I could have saved my wife. Hmm. <laughs> Would have been nice to know how to do that." No one wants to kiss those big ass chat, those burnt chapped lips, you know. <laughs> what I saw though, uh, I'll send you the link later on, man, so you can post it on here. But what I saw was from one of the, from one of the uh, what was it, the Last Jedi uh, scripts. It was supposed to be like this. Whole, it was from the actual director and stuff. Like one of them that Kathleen Kennedy fired like halfway through or a third of the way through. That's why that movie doesn't look like it's complete because it's different people picking up at different spots. Makes sense. But he had he actually had a plan for Finn. He had a plan for the for the other guy. He had a plan for Ray. He had a plan for everybody. It was going to be like, it was going to be on Coruscant, and the new and the New Republic was marching in on it. And Finn was supposed to be in charge of rallying the people to come fight for themselves to and getting everyone there and showing them how to do it the way they would do it in their tactics. Like one of the scenes was, it was epic, man. It was an epic picture because they drew it out and everything. It looked so awesome. So there's this X-Wing sticking out of this pile of like ATSTs and like a whole bunch of just broken ships. 
and he's waving the Coruscant flag on the, on the nose of the X-Wing, rallying everyone to shoot back. There was a lightsaber guillotine for the politicians that they hated. It was going to drop. Yeah. See, you're already like, what in the world? This what? is awesome. And then uh, the guy that took over after Kylo Ren, I forget his name because it shows you how much I enjoyed that movie. But he, he ends up doing seppuku uh, with a lightsaber. And that was how he goes. What? Yeah, what? like it was like it was there were so many cool things going on. It was going to show the fact that Ray was strong. Uh, Luke was still there. You know, it was going to be like a whole thing. And Catherine Kennedy goes, no, that sucks. Like it was based on the French Revolution. I'm like, OK, that's uh, everyone's still familiar with the French Revolution, especially if you played Assassin's Creed. I know that's not everyone's <laughs> favorite. But everyone knows, everybody knows. And we all read Tale of Two Cities as kids. So yeah. everyone knows about it. And it would have been really cool to see a lightsaber guillotine just Yeah. That would have been, <laughs> been crazy. That would oh, have been man. crazy. I mean, so what they did was they shortened it down to lightsaber acts. And they gave it to some sort of I'm like, oh, come on, really? Yeah. Even Daisy Ridley, she hated Kathleen Kennedy. She came out and said, like, I trained for months for her certain scenes, and Kathleen Kennedy just cut it. <laughs> Talk about, like, low blows, man. Like, There's so many questions that we're left just hanging on to after that trilogy. Like, all right, how big was the First Order? Did it control the galaxy? Uh, what happened to Coruscant? What happened to the Wookiees? Where, where's all this stuff? And I read, I I read the uh, the trilogy that happens the the aftermath trilogy that happens right after Endor. Mm-hmm. They change Mon Moth Mon Mothma's character to be a thousand times more pacifistic. So in almost immediately after Endor, she starts demilitarizing the the uh, Rebel Alliance. Now, mind yeah. you. They just blew up a Death Star and killed Palpatine and Vader. They didn't. They, they didn't do anything to the tens, t- thousands of star destroyers and hundreds of thousands of support ships and planets and stuff that the Empire still has. So why? <laughs> the, your job's it, not done. <laughs> exactly. Like it, you're just getting started, dude. But that's why I actually appreciate the Mandalorian because it shows like after that happened, they all went into hiding because now that there was no centralized leader and everyone who tried to ended up getting arrested or killed. That's why that's why I thoroughly enjoyed the Mandalorian because it shows like some of the stormtroopers sticking with it and some of them just go, you know what, who's going to boss me around now? Nobody. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. out. You know? that, that was that was a beauty of the uh, Warlord era uh, yeah. in, in the expanded universe because you had... You had Thrawn, you had Zinj, Grand Admiral Kane, uh, Teradoc, Isani, Isard going crazy, and I I'm reading the uh, X-wing series right now. In one of the in one of the books, she launches a super star destroyer, Executor class dreadnought out of the planet. The thing is disguised in the cityscape of the planet, and she's like, "All right, things are getting dicey around here." And she takes <laughs> off from the planet. There's all this destruction and and shockwave goes over the planet. That's so cool. And Kathleen Kennedy rolls up. Is like, now nah, we don't need none of this. I think in one episode or a pan or a, a, a panel, um, 
or or an interview she did she's like yeah. well we we don't have uh a lot of material to draw on for for uh, any of these new stories whenever she got addressed it you know was asked about all this stuff us and everybody else who has a brain is standing uh, doing that will smith meme going yeah <laughs> that's when i first knew that she was not right for that for that role that she was in because because honestly disney hall they have to do they have enough money to go we want we want to share copyrights with you you're officially canon again okay cool that's all they that's all they have to do that's literally all they had to do that's it I don't understand why they didn't bring in the writers for the, all the old EU books. They they brought in Timothy Zahn, and that poor man wrote the uh, the the retconned Thrawn trilogy, but he was he he was backed into a corner because Thrawn's story had already been told with that stupid Rebels episode where he gets captured and flown away through hyperspace by space whales. Yeah. They made him such a worse character than what he was in the books, in the original Timothy Zahn books. Yep. So Zahn couldn't do what he did with Grand Admiral Thrawn before because the character already had an end goal. He couldn't go past that. He couldn't make him any better than what he was in Rebels. I think another thing, too, was thought he was so he was so dark in the books and let's face facts mostly kids and uh people who live in our mother's basements like me and you uh, <laughs> <laughs> are really gonna watch uh, watch rebels versus all these people that were diehard i'm only watching live action this is all bs i don't really care mm-hmm. now it's starting to come back and bite them in the butts and now they're going to go back and watch it but he was such a dark character for let's say a 12 year old or a 13 year old to be really watching to be honest with you he was he was severely messed up like it took the dark side of the like if he was a sith he would have ran everything like honestly like he would he would do stuff that i'm pretty sure the sidious would just go no yeah <laughs> you're talking you're talking a monumental level of genius like he was able to blockade coruscant with invisible asteroids mm-hmm. this dude what it, he he was he was able to convince a planet to surrender to him by sneaking a ship with a uh, with a jerry rigged turbo laser mounted on the bottom of it into a planet before they could raise their shields before his ship jumped over the shields he said hey surrender they're like no we got shields he's like all right he starts shooting at the shields and has his undercover ship that's inside the shields shoot its turbo laser down into the city they're like how is he doing this? Thrawn has some new crazy weapon. <laughs> they surrender to him. He was the smartest character we ever got. And they tore him apart and it made him just such a shadow of what he could have been. But, you know, I think, I think it's kind of cool, though, because the fact that he, he was in Rebels and the Mandalorian is a little bit more dark, in a sense, and Ahsoka Tano already said she's, she's hunting mm-hmm. him down. So, one, we know he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Two, Ezra might still be alive, but the space facts, he's probably dead. They probably had to work together to survive in the throne. As soon as they made it somewhere, he probably shot him in the back. I hope he's Made dead. Sense. I hope he's Made dead. I, he was one of the things I hated most about that show. All he did was whine and cry and just... It's like that. It's like back in the early 2010s, every show had that one whiny teenage kid. 
hmm. the virus from the vampire TV show with with Yellow Jacket. <laughs> that hmm. kid. No, my mom's a vampire. You can't kill her. The Walking Dead. Carl. <laughs> you know, it's he was just that guy. Like, I can't believe we're doing this. Well, dude, it's a bigger picture than what's going on. You're too young to really comprehend what's going on. I'm an adult. Okay, do this. I failed. <laughs> See, a huge problem I had with him was number one, he had plot armor thicker than Goku. Uh, <laughs> number two, we got this show after we had Clone Wars. Clone Wars characters had some serious consequences. They they had when stuff happened to them, it was pretty real. I mean, you're talking about a show that dealt with mass murder, slavery biological warfare psych, uh, psychological trauma all this all this really in-depth crazy stuff for a kids show anybody that calls it a kids show i point to the compilations on youtube they're like oh really watch this yeah um, but that was that was that was more for like for those of us to have like a sibling that's two to three years younger than us i mean we were we were like hey watch family guy with us you know mm-hmm. so like i I mean, they they got it a lot more and, and stuff like that. But like, let's say today's kids that are sheltered. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it, it was it was just so cool watching the first season of the uh, the Clone War show, where we get uh, like General Grievous and Asajj Ventress meet up for the first time when they mm-hmm. attack Kamino, and Grievous is going down the hallway. Uh, the clones are shooting at him. Ventress comes in and Molly whops everybody and she force chokes one of them, impales him on her lightsaber and kisses him as he dies. I was like, this show's going to be cool. <laughs> I got mad when Ahsoka Tano came in because I was like, no! Yeah, I didn't I didn't like her. I didn't like <laughs> now her I'm like, okay. Now I'm like, okay, we're good, we're good. <laughs> yeah, she, now, now she's played by one of the hottest people on Earth. Me, Rosio, so, oh man, it you know what's weird in almost every like movie Rosario Dawson's in, she's she ends up with Will Smith or or somebody like Will Smith and Luke Cage. And, <laughs> and if Will Smith doesn't end up with her, it's Eva, it's Eva Mendez, Eva Mendez, however you say. Whatever yeah. happened to Eva Mendez, by the way? Did she just get too old and nobody wants to cast her anymore? I don't know, man, but she's still one of the hottest. Um, oh, 100%. Like, I, I think of uh, the other guys, that movie with Mark Wahlberg and Will Smith. Like, that's your wife? <laughs> it's yeah. Just a pain. <laughs> now, look, it's not the best that I, it's not the best I've ever done, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> You learned ballet, ironically? <laughs> I think we all learned a new dance today. A dance about feelings. <laughs> a dance of emotion. <laughs> it's been such a funny movie. Oh, um, but yeah, go, going back to uh, to Marvel, looping all the way back around to Marvel. <laughs> yeah. I, I know a lot of people really liked uh, the Netflix series. I couldn't get into them. Which one? All of them. I, I just couldn't do it. The, the only thing that I really liked was their collab episodes when they were fighting. Um, oh, yeah. 
the defenders uh, amazing yeah 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 the the defenders was pretty cool i was a huge david Tennant fan when he was on doctor who couldn't really care about him that much in jessica jones because to me jessica jones was the live action in yuasha because <laughs> they they were just all, all i would hear while playing that show was jessica <laughs> and <laughs> let, like it like it was in yuasha go oh Naruku, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I love I loved the Daredevil series though. I thought that was freaking phenomenal. The reason why I liked it so much is because it gave him his 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 origin story, mm-hmm. and then at the very end of the first season, you see him in his full suit. I thought that was cool. Everyone hated that, like get in your suit, get in your suit. No, man, it's all about the struggle to get there. What I find attractive, uh, and then season two, absolutely loved it, especially with the Punisher, because you mm-hmm. know me. You know me, man. I love the Punisher. Oh yeah, and especially to have uh, John Berthall coming. In. That was his name, right? Yeah, I said it right. Anyway, if I'm wrong, don't the, hate me. The the guy that played Shane on Walking Dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. He he nailed that. He nailed it to the T. Uh, and I loved it, especially that jail fight scene. I knew, I know, like out of everything, he probably liked that the most. Mm-hmm. You saw that one, I know. Just full oh, yeah. cock, and I'm like, I'm like, all right. This is gonna make me sound hypocritical. Representation in, in cinema, I'm like, oh, screw you. And then I see a Marine on TV, I'm like, finally. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, hypocritical, but but uh, it's um, just that bruteness and just like I got to get the job done. I'm I'm gonna get the job done. I don't care how many times I get stabbed. It's gonna get done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of Charlie Cox, Daredevil, did you see the? Did you see uh, what happened with Spider Man? No, what do you mean? He was spotted on set for Spider-Man 3. Really? Oh, yeah. Could this be so, the Defenders tie-in? They Well, from what I hear, they're probably going to reboot Daredevil. I don't know if they're actually going to do that or not, but I know for sure they're rebooting uh, The Punisher, but they're keeping John Berthall. Mm-hmm. I, now, did they keep the actress for Jessica Jones? That's a great question. I don't remember, but I know for sure they're going to recast Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, um, Spider-Man is something I wanted to talk to you about because this was, I was, I'm reading a whole bunch of, I'm trying to keep it like spoiler, like away from as possible, but some of the actors that were spotted on set, Jamie Foxx, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, the guy that played uh, uh, Doc Ock, and Tom oh. Holland, and Charlie Cox. Alfred Molina. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Charlie Cox, uh, but everyone's like, yeah, we might not see Charlie Cox as Daredevil, but we, we're going to see him as the lawyer version of him mm-hmm. to help with Peter Parker. And I'm like, that's freaking awesome. So we're going to get a live action Spider-Verse. And I do believe we might get Sinister Six out of this because, I mean, you got Electro, you got Doc Ock, and the Vulture mm-hmm. is already in jail. It wouldn't be hard to break him out, to be honest with you. Oh, I'd, I'd love to see Michael Keaton. Please bring back Michael Keaton. You ever, did Michael you hear Keaton. what did you hear what he was doing to Tom Holland every time they had like a close up on set? What? Like when he was dragging him into the sky, he would look down at Tom Holland and go, "I'm Batman." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's hilarious. <laughs> Apparently, he'd do that, and the whole cast would have to like stop, and they because they'd all be laughing, and 
Tom Holland goes, yeah, I couldn't get some line straight through because he kept saying I'm Batman. <laughs> so tell me, tell me if I'm wrong about this. I don't think I am, but um, the guy in the end credit scene or the last scene of the uh, Spider-Man movie uh, with the vulture, mm-hmm. I think it's the second to last one. Um, the guy, Michael Keaton's vulture character passes when he's in prison is the guy that's going to be the scorpion. Yeah, I do believe so. I think, I think well, that's right. Wasn't there another end scene where Michael Keaton was like in jail or something? There was no, I, I could have just probably dreamed it, but like he's about to go on a van. He was coming out of a van or going into a van saying, Hey, how's it going? Or something stupid. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and watch. Um, by the way, the Spider-Man movies aren't on Disney plus like why? Sony still has that. Sony still has uh, 50% of the rights to them. I see. Oh, that's so dumb. Yeah. And I think there's another rumor about, uh, I don't know how true this one is because I don't believe this one's going to be real or not. But so if you're listening, don't get your hopes up too much. But Venom (laughs) might be in there as well with uh, Mm. what's his name. But yeah. Did you you have a, a PS1? PlayStation One, growing up. No, I had more. I was more Nintendo. I had like a Nintendo sixty four, and then I had the Cube. Because there was a Spider Man game for the play, for the original PlayStation, and after you beat the game, and all of the villains are in the same jail cell, the the rhinos in there. He goes, so so if I'm a rhino, and and you're an octopus, and he's a scorpion, what's a Mysterio? And he sits down on the bench and this henchman flies up and his head's impaled in the ceiling. If <laughs> if if it's on YouTube, go and find those those cutscenes because they're so blocky and and old Sims City looking. They're they're really funny. Um but uh, that also the rhino, huge waste of Paul Giamatti. In the in the in his five minutes of Rhino fame. Uh, oh, but Luke Cage. I want Luke Cage to be played by Michael Jai White. I think that'd be a great character for him. Probably. Um, if if not that character, some other equally stupid awesome character. Because oh, I sure. I want Michael Jai White. Oh, he, needs, he, he needs to be in this universe. You know, one more thing on Marvel I'm going to talk to you about. And then I got some, I, I saw something. I don't know if it's true. I was hoping you can kind of confirm or you might have heard something about. But the one thing I'm excited about this Disney Plus thing hmm. is Moon Knight. Ooh. <clears throat> I haven't heard anything about Moon Knight. But oh yeah, he they announced that they're gonna do it for Disney Plus. Uh but I'm super excited about him. Like I, I haven't heard any uh any any yeah, production or or uh casting as of yet. The production thing I was gonna ask you about though was I saw a I saw a movie poster by by someone that I also follow on Facebook. He uh He's right usually about 95 to 98% of the time. So that's only so that's when I like to take his word uh, as a little, a little bigger piece of salt here. Mm-hmm. The movie 
the movie poster was Halo. If oh. anything to go toe to toe with everybody sucking in sci-fi these days, it's gonna be Halo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'll put that'll like put the tombstone on Star Trek and Star Wars for sure. But I, I wanted to see if you heard anything about that. I have not, but I'm gonna look into it because if we can get a super good Halo anything, I, I oh, mean sure. I, I, I like the uh, the the Forward Unto Dawn series. Um, that was phenomenal. That was so cool. Even though so it was like a YouTube thing, that was that was that was awesome. That was completely 100 percent well done. So if we could get something like that or uh, more of a uh, motion capture video game thing like uh, Nathan Fillion did for one of the previous yep. Halo games, I'm all I'm all on board. I'm I'm did so did you ever see that video? It was long time ago. I think I think this was back when when uh, Coach Hauser was <laughs> doing the doing the computer lab stuff. I think we pulled some. I think it might have been with you or someone else. Uh, might have been Ty that pulled it up, but he showed us this. Uh, it was back when Halo Three was big, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like the the introduction of a of a possible movie of Halo Three that National Geographic or someone paid like a billion dollars to see and just never went through with anything after that. Did you ever see that? that dude, high school was a long time ago. Yeah, I know. I know. It's I terrible. Remember. It was, it was like a live action uh, Halo 3 intro. Like it was like when it, when the invasion on Earth is coming and like someone threw uh, a brute grenade into the wall and this, this Marine grabbed it and he chunked it and hit, a, hit, hit a, a phantom in the air and then just got bombed. And, and at the very end of it, they're like, we got to fall back. Master Chief's inbound. And then you see him like coming through the atmosphere like that. <laughs> all, all I remember... Uh coming out uh halo wise that wasn't actually halo was uh that was on youtube was red versus blue and uh, the uh blow me away by breaking benjamin amv yeah <laughs> that's all i remember from being being I'll, high school. I'll, I'll send you that video man you'll probably love it cool, cool. but it was it was phenomenal like they had the warhammer and everything just <laughs> It was it was phenomenal, uh, but yeah, I, man, I'm telling you, if someone can do Halo right, like straight to like the like storyline straight right, mm -hmm. that would blow. That probably blow everything out of the water. That would probably be the only thing that would actually keep up with Marvel. Would be like if they dropped that movie and then dropped like a Halo Two movie. Like that would just hundred percent absolutely. Like I know Absolutely. the Halo games, I know the Halo games started taking a dive because they're running out of shit to do. But yeah, but if they opened up like if they went all the way to Halo Three at least, and they had like mini series in between, like they could have done the, like. So let's 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 face facts here. If <laughs> if Disney if if there was a great Halo movie that came out, Disney probably buy it and put it in their Infinity and Saga gauntlet there, <laughs> and <laughs> and then added to Disney Plus like ODST. And then mm. stuff like that. I think that would just be like phenomenal, man. It would be like, you know what? Let's pitch this to Netflix. We're onto something here. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix original movies, and then the Netflix original series. I think they'll take it. <laughs> uh, Netflix, I think, is grabbing everything they can because they're oh, yeah. having to compete with Disney Plus. I think they're doing fine. 
uh, I think by the way. They also grabbed Nickelodeon. Uh, Netflix grabbed Nickelodeon, too. They got deals. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. They grabbed Nickelodeon? Because Nickelodeon just announced the Avatar Studio. Yeah, they're they're working with Netflix. Uh, I think SpongeBob will end up hitting there eventually. Oh, I'm here. excited. Uh, Fairly Odd Parents, Danny Phantom. Oh, I'm excited. Um, oh. So they're doing super well. Amazon Prime is also scooping up whatever it can. Yeah. So, uh, oh, have you seen on Netflix uh, Love, Death, and Robots? No, I, I remember you telling me about that. I need to go watch dude, it. Dude, you got to watch Love, Death, and Robots it, it, right out the gate. First episode, you can be like, what, what's going on? <laughs> um, actually, uh, Love, Death, and Robots is a huge inspiration for me. And it's it's uh, one of the things that that got me starting on uh, writing all of the diverse sci-fi short stories that that I do. Mm-hmm. Like I have one uh, that's called My World for a Basketball, where uh, there's this completely normal world and all of the people start turning into rubber and their bodies start twisting into the fibers of uh, rubber that's on a basketball. Mm-hmm. And it's this horror thing that happens to the entire planet. And then you see this rip in the uh, in, in the fabric of the reality and this giant hand reaches down and grabs the world like it's a ball and, yeah. it cuts, and it cuts to this little girl pulling a basketball out of this like dark box that's by this alley and, it's, <laughs> and she's just bouncing it like it like it's a regular thing so it's uh, love death and robots 100 that but with exactly what's in the title love death and robots um so yeah, that's that's going to be my next big venture uh, for for this channel is uh, writing a whole bunch of sci-fi short stories. Uh, I already have the the platform set up for it. I, I just have to, you know, cross all my eyes, dot all my t's, <laughs> get get some editing going on those, and uh, I'll I'll be able to launch pretty soon. But um, yeah. Was that your segue to get me to talk about my anime there that I'm trying to work on? Or my, my manga? <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of I feel you on that one. I still I still want to link up with you to do that play that I was telling you about, uh, Spades. Yes, yes. That, I think yes. I'll be. I think it would just be fun and just exciting. A little bit of a Tyler Perry esque, but it, through the eyes of an actual of of Marines and stuff like that. And I, I have a really great way for us to uh, to get that published. I'll talk to you about later. Um, okay. And it's it's. I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know this was real uh, until maybe a year ago. Um, and it's so simple. And I've I've looked into it. And it looks really easy to do. And I'll tell you about how crazy easy it is to do uh, later on, but. Um, Definitely that, definitely that. And we, we can also have it um, featured on, on the on the channel, absolutely, 100%. But um, one of the reasons I, I wanted to start this podcast and, and now uh, the other platforms that I'm launching into was I saw the, the degradation of, of science fiction quality and and storytelling quality like if if you weren't marvel if you weren't dc 
if if you weren't one of the big guns, then your stuff was crap. Like you you were. Yeah. I mean, who who lost their minds over Mortal Engines? Like, nobody. It nope. it's got it's got stinking. Um, what's his name? I'm blanking on all the names today. Uh, from from the Matrix, agent uh, the agent guy. Agents, yeah, dude. I, I'm terrible when it comes to names. Like I just say that guy, and everyone tends to know who I'm talking about. But yeah, no, no, no Agent Smith. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Red Skull. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, what are you he's, talking about? Yeah. He's he's been in everything. He was he was Megatron in in the stinking uh, Transformers movies. It had that guy in it, so I was like, "All right, this movie looks really cool. It's about cities on wheels eating other cities, and they they got Death Star lasers. That sounds neat. That and it was neat. it was neat. It was it was pretty cool, but it 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 got not yeah. nearly as much attention. The thing is, when it comes to Hollywood, it's it's become a giant monopoly, right? It's it's it doesn't matter how great your story is. It's all about who's in it, who's doing it, what side are they on when it comes to the political side. And uh, pretty much everything else like that. Because the movie can completely suck. But we've seen that with uh, with DC and Wonder Woman uh, and Birds of Prey. Mm -hmm. Birds of Prey was god-awful. And I, not to go off on a tangent, but what the hell was Black Canary doing in Gotham? No idea, right? Like, that was no, stupid. Why did they take one of the most badass assassins and give her a broken arm and, like, a runaway teenager? That was stupid. Flat out. God awful. That movie needs to be put, like, in the far back of our minds. Like, it never happened. Like, Lincoln Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah. like mo Movies like this are clearly being created to produce revenue that's all they're doing yeah and and they're and they're doing it by by showboating a, a fake amount of quote-unquote wokeness in in uh and and false feminism like it you're you're not you're you're not promoting feminism by by trying to give us these these shoehorned women characters in bad plots and bad stories and then when it, once once it flops you have what's her face saying oh it's because the men don't like strong women characters and i was like that's not it at all one your writing was terrible your plot line was terrible you had the talent everything just the generalized story was not there you had yeah. the great you had a good idea you just fucked it up sorry yeah, <laughs> sorry for language but that's no just, you're fine that's absolute bull. Case in point, Game of Thrones. Aliens. Charlie's Angels. <laughs> right? Like, they're so... <laughs> come on. <laughs> Such great writing and awesome characters and, and characters that... Cersei Lannister. How, how many people had such mixed feelings about her? Wanted to see her dead. Wanted to see what she could do. Uh, hated her, but loved to hate her. She was one of those villains that you love to hate. Yeah, right? great, great ideas and stuff like that. It's it's all everyone's just trying to do this whole nonsense instead of caring about the actual story. That's what makes the movie. That's what makes movies so fantastic. You got to have the great writing. 
you got to have the acting on point. Like when they look surprised, they don't look like uh, <laughs> they don't look like a One Piece character trying to wink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's but, um, it's 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 for it's everyone's forgotten. It's about the story, humanity and and ourselves. We are nothing but a bunch of collective stories, mm-hmm. right? That's that's all we are, and people that are just like. Oh, hey, you were there. It's like being in a, it's like being around a campfire, drunk, drunk as all get out. And then your friend is like, oh, hey, you were there. And you're just like, yeah, I guess I was there just to like appease the drunk guy. You know, you're just like, okay, I don't want to argue about if I was or wasn't there. Just go on with the story. Mm -hmm. It's, and then just to make it more interesting, like you were there. there. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, you're right. Our, our stories, our legends, our tales and myths, they're, a huge part of who we are as, as human beings, right? I, I mean, when George Lucas said he wanted to make the modern myth whenever he wrote Star Wars, he did exactly that. And he did it so well that over the span of almost 50 years now, it's grown with the, with the culture, with society and people that have all come to enjoy Star Wars. And it's how, how many people were inspired by characters like luke or han right the the countless countless the star wars theory guy he went through a a huge uh, bout of some serious medical issues and he used star wars to literally help make him better like it improved his health that he had this thing to latch on to and give him inspiration and hope yeah that's what stories have done for us for forever. You know, that's literally something that's similar that happened to me. That's why I care about stories to the extent that I do. And which makes what makes video games, books, and movies more magical than the rest of them. Seeing faces that we like, uh, seeing faces that are pleasant to look at, they make the they make the story maybe a little bit more glamorized, I guess you can say. Mm. play out before our eyes without having us do any if at all imagination behind it and the story i was going to tell you about was uh when i was in the marines i was going through a really hard time and i i (laughs) I was drinking a little too much like Mm. seriously i woke up at work fully fully uniformed and everything mid conversation (laughs) and uh i was like I was like a fifth of Jack and a fifth of vodka in order to go to bed. Like I was, I was almost on the deep end and I started playing Assassin's Creed. And then I slowly stopped drinking because I realized I couldn't play it when I was hammered. (laughs) (laughs) And I love the story, the story of just like, I like pseudo history. It's fun, you know, Mm -hmm. and I know it's not real, but it's super fun. It's based off of of, uh, historical events. And I wanted to see what was going to happen next. And instead of going, to work hang, uh, tired and hung over I was just going to work tired because <laughs> I was just like dude it's amazing like I had so much vigor and, and it was is something that literally pulled me from from something like that all because of a bomb story man a right. really great story so that's why when I see stuff like characters that I love misrepresented in a way that they shouldn't be rep- misrepresented right and I feel that I feel that passion mostly in in us nerds because like uh, the little Asian girl in in 
uh, Birds of Prey, she like close to, other than Black Canary, she was going to be the one that could probably kill each and every single one of them barehanded. Mm-hmm. Like that was flat out. She was she was a, she was an assassin that hardly ever talked, but when she talked, it was something like brutal and just on point. And Harley Quinn, she was doing her thing, but it was almost too John Wick esque over an egg sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's no, I, I get exactly what you're saying because we love Harley Quinn, like the character yeah. of Harley Quinn. We want to see her done the best she could possibly be done. And there are plenty of shows that do exactly that. The Boys, Doom Patrol, Game of Thrones. They give us the characters we want and that we love, and they do it in such a great way. Like, See, I, 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 Sorry to cut you off there, but I was also going to say with The Boys, when it comes to recasting a certain role in a cert, to a different gender or a different race, they made it make sense with Stormfront. Mm-hmm. Like... Homelander was screwing a Nazi, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it, it made sense to this to the plot point to which that to which that fit. If that makes sense, no, it does. It, it, instead of trying to instead of trying to change this whole pot and go and stir it and go look what he created, uh, it's it's a new it's a new and inventive idea. All you did was change the color of the race of the person that was the main thing. Like, if it makes sense, it makes sense. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like, Black Canary, I didn't care if she was Black or not. I just wanted her to play the role that I love to be. Right. I didn't care about that. I cared, but, and the actress was there. She was phenomenal for it. I just thought her writing and everything else was a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> like, the the boys, although they did have those, those gender swaps, like with... um. Oh, what's her name? Uh, the she was she was like the, not the head boss over Carl Esposito's character, but right under him, uh, the yeah. that, that blonde woman that that was yeah. kind of controlling Homelander. Her character in the comic is a dude, mm-hmm. but she was awesome so much that I didn't even care. I didn't care one bit because yeah. she did so stinking well. I could she did so well, and and uh, Stormfront did so well. I couldn't see those characters as anything but those people. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it it fit. It wasn't like a in your face message. It was it was an actual fit. And sorry everyone if you're listening to this, but uh spoiler alert, cover your ears. Um, <laughs> oh no. When it comes to the death of of Homelander in the comics with Black Noir, I don't think that's going to happen because Homelander didn't technically have a kid in the comics either, so that might be the one that kills him, because mm-hmm. it's a copy of himself that kills that kills himself. Yep. So this might be that copy, if that makes sense, instead of Black Noir. I so, can see it. I, I mean, it. It, it, I'm not saying it's for sure. I'm just saying it's that was the reason for uh, Black Noir. I was, was wanting, I was wanting that Black Noir reveal in the last season so bad i just wanted him to take off the mask and see that really weird creepy smiley homelander face that's permanently fixed on his face (laughs) because that's the creepiest thing in the comics and that's saying a lot because that comic has a lot of really creepy stuff dude that comic was awesome but like really uh it was you know what i'm trying to say sorry i got distracted um 
but yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, like it all comes down to the stories of everything. <laughs> we go off on tangents, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's that's why we're doing these hour long episodes, dog. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. But yeah, um, oh, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the manga or the manga that I wanted to do, but not in too in depth that these people are going to steal it. But let's just say I'm taking ideas from the Bible as well as J.R. Tolkien. Okay. So like the same the same influences with J.R. Tolkien took mm-hmm. that he took from the Bible. It's kind of a different message I'm going to kind of go through. Okay. It's a I think when I tell you later, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, this gonna sound like it sucks," and I'm like, "Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on." <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I, I I understand what you're. Uh, I, I picked but up what you're putting down here. It's it's not just uh, the Bible though. It's going to go into all these other mythos. So I think it's going to be I think it's going to be pretty fun, man. I got you. Oh, speaking of storytelling and fun, man, uh, I got a I got a really fun D and D storyline going. <laughs> I got oh, a I, you... I, need, I need players. <laughs> okay. I need because I need to work on the DMing thing because uh you know the hardest thing to do is to find a DM. It's true. I I got a couple of good ones, so yeah. Uh, when, whenever we're uh, we're able to ramp up that uh, that second campaign that you're going to be a part of, uh, I'll I'll hit you up. I'll let you. I, did Clifton talk to you? Yeah, yeah. He didn't tell me when it is yet, or I, okay. or I probably didn't check it. But okay, cool, cool. Um, that is all I think I have time for. Uh, I, I got to get ready to go to work here in a little yep. bit. But um, thanks so much for hopping on, dude. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have you back on as much as I can. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, we do this anyway, right? Just yeah. ramble on about nerd stuff. Like yeah, next time, time anyway. We, next time we gotta talk about Harambe with the battle axe. <laughs> <laughs> just just a giant zombie gorilla with a battle axe i can see it <laughs> no no we're, we're talking about king kong <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. That, that'll be after we see that movie but yeah. uh yeah dude thanks for hopping over uh thank you everybody for tuning back in uh that's all we have time for right now but for now live long and prosper my friends and may the force be with us all Thank you.